Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 138. My name is Alexander Holland, and as always, I'm one of your hosts at Digitally Next to my number one prince of podcasting. He's got to be the one called... John Maloney. Hi, everyone. John Maloney. I'm coming to you live and direct from London, England. Mm. If it, it sounded a little bit unusual, that's because I'm recording on a different system this week. Had some tech, Nikal difficulties sure so i'm going to be running this voice through a lot of ai processes when we finish the record and i'm going to see <laughs> exactly yeah. what kind of weird tonality i come out with that classic yeah. thing where we were for a time running the podcast through an early version of <laughs> adobe mm. adobe's ai enhance and it would do this thing where yeah. it recognized it recognized when we were talking and it yeah. knew oh yeah this is speech yeah. I'll fix I'll fix the speech, but it it was bad at at understanding when we were laughing. Yeah. So if you just did a little chortle, mm. in te- I remember I remember I released the podcast and you wrote to me and said, "Why why does it sometimes <laughs> sound like one of those children's <laughs> sticks that you turn upside down and it sounds like a cow mooing?" Hey. There's that. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And then if you uh, just went, if you just went, hmm, or something like that, yeah, it would try to uh, interpolate some speech, so it'd make you go exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> then you into like an old, an old timey baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I'd be telling you a deeply moving story that was very mm. personal to me and was very serious, <laughs> and you would just go, see. <laughs> 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 what kind of story are you trying to pull here? Ah, hey, swizzle sticks. What are you doing there? <laughs> That's me. So, give me old timey, old timey, old timey slang. <laughs> update the beta version to to get rid of Buster Keaton. This it's great. It's great seeing with all of the new with all of the new AI tech that's coming out. It's really interesting looking at the results it's pushing out, and you can. You can infer what it's tried when it makes a mistake. You can yeah. infer what it's tried mm. to do. So, for mm-hmm. example, I I've been using this amazing program called Topaz Photo AI, which is uh-huh. this incredible tool. I posted a couple of photographs on our uh, Instagram from it actually, and what it does is it can take <clears throat> photographs that are very low quality, so they could be old photographs that you took with an old version of a camera phone and they Mm -hmm. may have been poorly lit. Mm. Basically, there's not a lot of information in the photograph. You yourself can zoom in and you can see just how pixely a photograph you may have taken with a 2010 iPhone was. And you look at it and you go, man, there's just not a lot of information here. And you feed it to Topaz AI and Topaz Mm. looks at it and, and compares it with the billions of other images that it's learned from and is mm. currently is always learning from and it tries to guess based on the pixels even though they're, mm. they're they're quite few and far between it goes okay well this is obviously even though it's just pixels it's obviously a face okay i'm assuming this person has red hair by the 10 pixels of red that are at the top of the head right and then right. it makes all, then it does all these guesses and then basically <laughs> yeah. ov- overlays on top of it so for example it will guess <laughs> It will guess that you have a beard, if, yeah. even though even though there's just a handful of pixels. It goes, right. that's a beard. 
So I'll overlay yeah. essentially a, a high definition beard on this right. person. And yeah. And uh, sometimes it gets it really close and it's mm. incredible because if there's if there's enough information, it can really make your face like say for example, I fed it a picture of your face and yep. your your face is somewhat clear. It mm. will then fill in the details, make them high res, and it will still look more or less like you. It's mm. very funny when you feed it <laughs> a, a poorer quality image and yeah. it really tries to guess what the person looks like. And yeah. it's very uncanny valley where Yeah, totally. There's just it, something it will have off. my it has my hairline and my mm. hair colour <laughs> and my beard. Yeah. But it's basically got somebody else's eyes and somebody else's mouth mm. and it looks quite nightmarish. Yeah, I was it's I mean the, the word nightmarish is opposite. I was going to say it's another example of for whatever reason AI producing these things that are comparable to dreams where, where those kinds Absolutely. of images always make me think oh, I had a dream about this person but they weren't they kind of didn't really look right like they uh. I could, I can't really tell you how, but their face was just a bit unrecognizable. And then you look at those images and it kind of gives you that same feeling. Um, Absolutely. I, I was listening to you th just now thinking, I wonder if they're using that. I mean, they must be using that for kind of grainy footage from CCTV cameras and security cameras and stuff. And you think, finally, we've reached the point where the whole trope from crime shows where people talk about enhancing images is not a, is not a bullshit thing that nobody can actually do. Yeah, it absolutely is real now. Mm. Now the computers can look at a handful of pixels mm. and guess what it really is should look like based yeah. on based on where those pixels fall and what colors they are and the context in which the pixels are surrounded by other pixels. Oh, mm. that must be a tree. This must be a Amazing. face. So I may so if you're hearing me now and I sound odd everybody i can tell you right now what's happened and you can try this at home and adobe you need to be sponsoring the podcast because i've definitely <laughs> run my own voice through the beta version of adobe's ai voice enhance which is going to give me a very noiseless and uh somewhat probably robotic. maybe I, maybe i'll do a little test now i'll give i'll see how it handles laughing now i'll do a little mm. fake laugh i'll go ha 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 Exactly. <laughs> and now what I'll do is I'll give it a few mm's and ahs. I'll mm. go, mm, yeah, <laughs> of course. And now I'm going to hold the microphone further away from my face and I'm going to say words that I've just <laughs> made up. And so I'm going to see how it deals <laughs> it with... to make sense. I'm going to see what it deal, how it deals with words it's that sound idea. like English. So maybe I'll, what, maybe I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I'm, I'm going to be saying... I'm going to be saying blif, 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 bluff, griff, gaff. I'm going to be saying blif, bluff, griff, gaff, and I'm going to say it further away from the mic. Yeah. Blif, blif, bluff, griff, graff. I wonder how it, how it even deals with that. Okay, so here we go. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it a few distances. Blif, bluff, griff, graff. Blif, bluff, griff, graff. Blif, bluff, griff, graff. Blif, bluff, griff, graff. So we'll see how it be. And it was, I reckon, do yeah. Just do like fifteen minutes of that <laughs> as, a, as a sign guys, the of whole, disrespect to our listeners, guys. That the whole show is just going to be me and John <laughs> testing <laughs> Adobe Enhance AI's ability to interpret 
these sounds nonsense. as nonsense sounds. Nonsense. Guys, get ready for for hours and hours of <laughs> nonsense sounds. So I'm in I am in London, John. I came here yeah. for a whole bunch of reasons. One of them was that my dear friend Samantha Cook, DPT Emma, was hosting a wonderful Thanksgiving mm. dinner. I have had dinner with Sam for Thanksgiving over 10 years ago, and I lived in London, but this is the first time since back then that I had a Thanksgiving, and it was great fun. The food mm. was absolutely delicious. I want to say that my highlights that Sam cooked up were, they made, so Sam was there with her partner Carmen, they mm -hmm. were cooking up a storm in the kitchen, I even peeled a bunch of potatoes to help out with, with, um, with the mashed potato, helped with the cornbread, and they had these two delicious desserts. One of them was uh, mud pie, which is oh, like yum. cream and chocolate in a, mm. in a in a mat in a mash. It's so I love how indulgent it was because it just doesn't even really have any structure. It's it's just <laughs> like it's just, just like a whole matter. bowl of the best bits of making cake. Sounds like just give me yeah, just give me sweet matter with no structure. So that was the mud pie. <laughs> And then yeah. that was the mud pie. And then they had the classic pumpkin pie nice. as well, which is a Thanksgiving treat. But I said to everybody, I'm so excited that you've made mud pie and pumpkin pie because I can do my secret hack where I combine these two to create my classic mud pump. <laughs> <laughs> Your Thanksgiving mud pump. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and I kept going around to everybody, all the guests, and saying, "Can I help? <laughs> would you like me to mash? Would you like me to mash your desserts together so you can have a mud pump?" I said that to everybody. <laughs> it's, so I like, say, it's like it's like you'd be at a dinner party and just wait for your ice cream to melt and go, "Look, everyone, I've made ice cream soup." <laughs> <laughs> So I did that, and then uh, and then yesterday I went to my friend Scotty's house. Uh, he has a new home in Myland. That was mm. awesome, hanging out with Scotty and Steph, and also my old mate, Matt Owen, who is a podcast listener, John. So massive oh, shout great. out to Matt Owen. It was so lovely to That's see lovely. him yeah. again. He asked about you, yeah. and then he did the classic, I don't really need to ask about John, because I feel like I know yeah. every element of his life Better anyway. Than probably give you more of an account of what I've been up to than I can. Um, <laughs> but that's great. That's lovely. Hello, Matt. Hello, yeah. Scott the Dog Robertson. And did you find that there was much of a difference between Mile End in London and Mile End in Adelaide? No, I found they're exactly the same. <laughs> you, go to Mile, you go to Mile End in Adelaide and you go into the pubs, they go, all right, mate, what can I get you? Yeah, you want to cut a little... <laughs> Pie of Doom bar. Oh, we got Jelly Deal behind a bar. We got <laughs> much the same. Yeah, it's, it was it was exactly the same. <laughs> so I did so I did that, and now I'm here with you. And what I wanted to start with, yeah. John, because I was in London, I always do the same thing. Yeah. The National Express bus from Stansted Airport yeah. to Stratford. Stratford is most famous for just having a giant Westfield shopping centre that they built when they built the, uh, and also the Olympics were built, or that's where oh. the Olympic Park is in Stratford. Mm. But I love going to Westfield Shopping Centre in London because it reminds me of Westfield shopping experiences as a child with Mama Marie. I used to go to Westfield Arndale. So mm. it's so funny that I get off the train in Stratford 
in East London and there <laughs> is a massive Westfield logo. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Frank Lowy, friend of the show and uh, Australian business magnate. <clears throat> great Australian. Owner of Westfield, a great Australian. Mm. So I'll have to go in there and spend a few bucks. Uh, and I went, they, they have, um, have so many of the American eateries that we love so mm. dear from all the movies. They have Popeye's, classic yep. Starbucks everywhere, that kind of stuff. And the yeah. one that they have that I, that I love is they have Cinnabon. Are oh, you familiar with Cinnabon? Yeah. Do you have Cinnabon in Melbourne? I'm sure we do. That there's, there's always these kind of testing areas in Melbourne where you will see, you drive out to the middle of nowhere for some reason, then you'll be like, why the fuck is there a five guys in a TGI Fridays here? But, <laughs> but they, they're doing these little bits of overseas market research, I imagine. But uh, I've never seen a Cinnabon in Melbourne, but I... Really don't like going to malls, so that's not very surprising. <laughs> what What is it that you don't like about malls? <laughs> oh, they just... I Look, the combination of... I'll say this, actually, genuinely from my recent experience, because I did have to go to a mall, and the combination of, of being in a mall and the recent renaissance of 90s fashion was giving me, like, a heaviness <laughs> in my chest because I was like, oh, Christ, I'm back at... Uh, like I'm back in Adelaide in the late nineties, just dreaming of getting out and people are <laughs> people with parachute pants and singlets are walking around and it's just, it's just bleak. There's no, you're never quite sure what time of day it is. Like, I remember the last time I spent a really long time in a mall was because I had to get my iPhone fixed and it was oh. like, it was like long, it was in the middle of nowhere, this iPhone fixing center. I don't know why, but that was the closest one. And then I just had nothing to do and no phone. And, uh, I can't, I don't, I've lost the ability to do anything without my phone. So I was just wandering around trying not to get lost. And, uh, and then I ended up going to like a cinema at the mall in the middle of the day and watching a documentary about World War Two British fighter pilots. And, uh, I was just like, this is the weirdest day I've had in ages. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to a Westfield. Westfield. I went to Westfield Mall, mm-hmm. and I went past a Cinnabon Island. One of you know how malls have the little islands on the, mm. you know, the shops on the side, and then the little islands in the middle. So Cinnabon have an island, and I thought, yeah, I love a sweet treat. I love a <laughs> love a sweet bun. Yeah, and so I thought to myself, I will go. And pick myself up a little delicious Cinnabon. They're so delicious. And so I get there and they have the the uh, the LCD screen menu like everybody does now. Yep. So I was looking at the items going, yeah, I'm going to pick. Which which Cinnabon can I pick? Because they got Cinnab- they've got basically have four at the moment right, in London. Okay. At least they have the Cinnabon Classic. They've got yep. Choco Bon, uh-huh. Caramel Pecan Bon, and Lotus <laughs> Biscoff Bon. Oh, yeah. And, and Lotus so- are having a moment. Who's having a moment? Lotus Biscoff. They're everywhere. <laughs> Is that um, a thing? It's true. Yeah. They've become, they're sort of a old timey biscuit brand, but everyone fucking oh, loves wow. them now. There's all these recipes with Biscoff oh. stuff in it. Oh, it's a sort of everyone's collabing with exactly. Lotus Biscoff yeah. Bond. So I saw, I saw, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've got to check those prices and I'll decide which is the Cinnabon for me. Mm-hmm. And I get up there and I go, Cinnabon Classic, £3.49. Cool. Think I can afford that. And then I notice that under the £3.49 on the digital menu was the amount of calories that are contained in a Cinnabon. (laughs) And what shocked me, first, the first thing that shocked me 
was how many there were. Mm. And then the second thing was, why would they display that? I was very confused. So, yeah. so the first thing is, I just, just to explain to people, maybe not everybody out there is as familiar with calories and how many you generally burn in a day. It's something that I've only really become aware of since I started running in the last few years. I had absolutely no idea about it before. But there's this something called your basal metabolic rate, which is okay. essentially an estimate of how many calories, how much energy your body uses at rest, pretty much mm-hmm. at, in t- at full rest during a day. I think it almost means that if you just are in bed and you mm. open your eyes and you just yeah. lay there for 24 hours, how many <laughs> yeah, calories okay. that consumes. Yeah. And I, I think for men, it's somewhere between 1600 calories and 1800 calories a day. Right. If you're at, yep. if you're at that resting basal metabolic rate. Uh huh. Cause I know for me, when I'm wearing my Fitbit, which is showing me how many calories I'm consuming, it's an estimate of how many calories I'm burning each day because the Fitbit knows when I'm running and walking and moving. And yep. usually if I'm not, if I don't jog for the day and I pretty much stay at home and I'm just yeah. walking around the kitchen a little bit and sitting on my chair, I probably end up, I always look at my watch and at the end of the day, it's maybe in the low 2000s, okay. right? So that's, that's how many calories I've burned in an entire, in an entire day. So maybe like, yeah, maybe in a general day of me walking around the, my house being quite slovenly yeah. to a bit over 2000 calories. So and one, what would happen if you were laying a, a down with your eyes open and you had a Cinnabon hanging out your mouth. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you eat one Cinnabon Classic, so these are yeah. these are about to go. This is so this is just the first one. So right. the Cinnabon Classic is eight hundred and eighty nine calories. Okay. So so that's like almost half yeah. of what I would be consuming in and. Th- this, this, these are not satiating foods. Like you're mm. going to eat the, I'm going to eat this in maximum four bites Yeah, and I'm going to be satisfied for about 20 minutes and then I'm <laughs> going to want another one. But yeah. just one of them is 889. Then you got wow. Chocobon. Chocobon, yeah. we, Chocobon, we jump up to 985 <laughs> calories. Wow. And then, and then if you want to, if you want that deep collab, mm. the Lotus Biscoff Bon, mm. that's 1,019 calories. So yeah, okay. essentially, if I was to have two Lotus Biscoff Bonds, yeah. that's, that's pretty much as much as I should be eating for <laughs> the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> which which is quite incredible because... They're not that big, for one thing. They're not that big. And I looked at that and I went, why have they done this? <laughs> they must have been forced to. And I said mm. to Samantha when I got to her house, I said, Sam, I've come from Cinnabon, like I always do. And can you please tell me why they've done this? And she goes, yes. In 2021, they passed a law that said that businesses of a certain size Mm -hmm. that sell food that is not prepackaged. So of course there's laws about prepackaged foods that have to show the nutritional values of the the information. A law came in that said, if you're selling things like hot dogs, buns, Mm. whatever your menu in the UK needs to show the wow. amount of calories so that people can make informed decisions about their own health. Yeah. So that's why Cinnabon have been forced to do this. And I'm going to tell wow. you right now, I was like 100% going to buy one of these things. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, I've eaten pretty good today. I'm in London. It's a holiday. It's yeah. a treat. But I was thinking if mm. somebody had said, if I ate one and somebody said, what do you reckon that was? I'd mm. say, oh, like maximum 400. Sure. Maximum. That's what I would have, that's what I, I would have guessed. Had, yeah, I would have been like Lotus Biscoff Bon. It's a great yeah. collab. 
they wouldn't do a great collab for any more than 400 calories, would exactly. they? That would, that'd be, that, old, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be in the spirit of collab. That's not what old man Biscoff would have wanted. <laughs> it was just meant to be a coffee treat. And, uh, and then it would have been 1,019 calories, <laughs> and I just would have had no idea. So it's working because this is the yeah. reason they've done it. I walked away. I was like, I mean, to be honest, I was, I just thought, I didn't even know you could get that many calories in <laughs> something so small. I was quite yeah. impressed. Imagine that. Imagine if he just went back to before the agricultural revolution and threw a bunch of bis threw a bunch of Biscoff Cinnabons at that at uh, hunter gatherers. They'd be like, "This is the most <laughs> calorie dense food in the universe." <laughs> I've a I have a feeling that the caramel pecan bon was, yeah. it's probably, the, I think it's the project that Oppenheimer worked on after <laughs> the atomic bomb. I think yeah. they got him into, they got him into Cinnabon and they said, <laughs> we need to pack as much energy into this tiny little, tiny little surface area as possible. And he said, look, this is my jam. Mm. I know what, I know what to do. And then he created the caramel pecan bon at 919 calories. <laughs> So I've just looked it up and a Big Mac is 590 calories, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 I mean, this is the thing, John, like who the, f how, how is it that, like, how is it that you're getting fucking 300 more calories in a, mm. in a bar, in a little bun? I get yeah. that it's sugary, but it's not, it's not it's a satiating lunchtime no. meal. So exactly. Yeah. Everyone knows that. And, well, well, actually I shouldn't say everyone. I'm, I, I, can you repeat how much a Big Mac is? 590 yeah, so if you just had that, that's like a large lunch, basically, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think what we're saying, guys, is eat more Big Macs. That's coming just, from nutritional experts, John and Al. If you have, um, just to go in for breakfast, you can have a black coffee so you don't get any calories from that. Then you have a Biscoff Cinnabon and then <laughs> you just hold off until dinner. Then you have a Big Mac. You <laughs> should, over time, you should lose weight. <laughs> it's true and your body and will be... be rich with nutrients <laughs> yeah, exactly you'll have you'll have all the you'll have all the basics your body needs sam told me that you only looked at it when you were lining up for the fourth time as well you'd had all the flavors and started again with the original <laughs> then you had to do one of your water fasts <laughs> mate i would have to play water fasts <laughs> That man, that would be such a great challenge. Would be to have the four of them get the original, the choco bon, the pecan bon, and the yeah. biscoff, and yeah. you're just rocking like close to four thousand calories. Put them in a blender with, with one of you, and then add a little, add a little bit of mud pump sauce. <laughs> <laughs> The last couple of weeks have been a little bit unusual for me um, because what's happened is traditionally, just to start at the beginning, I'm not a, I'm not somebody who a lot of people would say has a knack for or any particular enthusiasm for organization. And, okay. uh, and I think I've gotten better at it over the years. I used to be kind of notoriously bad, I, you know 
leave the house and then realize when I was halfway down the block that I didn't have any pants on or whatever. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I've kind of gotten better at it, but begrudgingly so for the most part. And I guess like a lot of people, my life, when you're kind of, you know, in the, in the, uh, thick middle as I now am of life's journey, you get a pretty long to-do list to work with. And there's been a bit of a revolution courtesy of, well, really courtesy of you, because a couple of weeks ago you introduced me to an app called Notion. Mm. And, uh, this sounds so much like a paid bit. It sounds like a paid ad. Yeah. (laughs) And it, look, if they want to, if they want to pay us to do a bunch of ads, I'm totally on board. (laughs) But basically I've become through this app, I went through a couple of weeks where I became almost unnervingly addicted to like achieving tasks and planning tasks and then, and then completing tasks and ticking them off my list because the way it works is, and you, you know a bit more about its functions than I do, but kind of an interesting thing where um, it operates in part on principles that were developed in manufacturing uh, and in kind of project management, particularly in relation to things like logistics and supply and delivery of goods in a kind of the so-called sort of just-in-time model of goods delivery so, you know, which required a kind of highly coordinated sequencing of who's doing what, when do they have to do this by, what do they have to do exactly, like what are the, you know, sort of interstitial steps in getting that task finished and when, you know, when do each of those steps have to be done and then what happens after that and how does it interact with a whole bunch of other things that need to be happening alongside it. And it gives you, now you, you might remember the term for that, which yes, I, the Kanban. Kanban, that's right. Yeah, so so Kanban is one function that's available. It, so Kanban boards have been around for a long time. Apparently, mm. I'm just actually looking them up on Wikipedia now. Apparently, mm. it's a it's a it's a Japanese word, as it, as it kind of sounds like, and it essentially means that you move tasks, you visualize tasks by. <clears throat> if if people out there might imagine that you have a post-it note, yeah, uh, with a with a task on it like uh, open new bank account and then you put that post-it note in a column Mm. that is listed with all your tasks that are basically to do that you haven't started yet and then Mm. maybe the first step in opening a bank account is call the bank to ask about what bank accounts they have available yeah once you've once you've done that it means that you've started the task so you can move the little post-it note to the next column, which in the most simple form of Kanban board would just be in progress. So you know, you know that you've already made progress on the thing Mm. that you're doing because it went from just this thing that you hadn't started. Now you started it and it's in progress. And eventually by the time that you get the, the bank account open that you wanted to, you move that task into done or completed completed field, get get the little boost of seeing all the tasks that you've completed. And these Kanban boards can get more complex where it goes from, uh, you know, it can go from an idea on a to-do list or not started basically through multiple stages. Uh, and it's used a lot in, in agile software systems, uh, in organizations where people might need, there'd be multiple steps that are, uh, uh, it it became very popular in, in, in the tech world, these Mm -hmm. Kanban Mm -hmm. boards, but it sounds like you've been getting into Kanban 
Sports 2. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been getting I've been getting right into Kanban boards. So just to give you a few very pedestrian examples, I was doing things like we had to get the garden, uh, we had to get like a tree chopped and, you know, various things done around the garden. So I did that, put that on the Kanban board. Then yes. I had a bunch of like medical stuff that also went on the Kanban board. Then I had to give away stuff and sell stuff and fix the shed and empty the shed of stuff we didn't need anymore and empty some stuff I had in storage. All these things, I just Kanban'd them and I was, <laughs> and I, and I would wake up and the first thing I would do is when I was having my morning coffee is open Notion and just look at this task list. And I realized that, I mean, it makes you realize that particularly when you're like me and these, your brain doesn't really naturally lend itself to this kind of way of organizing or thinking, you are greatly assisted by having this kind of externalized map of what you have to do or what you have done or like where yeah. you are up to with different tasks, which I would otherwise just kind of lose the thread of in, and then pick up in a year's time and maybe do one at a time so that I didn't get confused. And uh, instead, I've been absolutely ripping through them. And I emailed Jacinta uh, the other day with like a five-paragraph email while she was at work saying, I've done this and I've done that and I need you to do this and by next Thursday we should have this done. And she and she was she came home and she was so turned on because she really thought like... <laughs> Jumped straight on you and started yeah. pulling at your hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she fucking loves organizing and she was like, man, I've never, she's getting all flushed. I've never seen this side of you. And uh, this is, the garden's looking great and the dishwasher's fixed. Yeah, uh, you've got uh, rid of all those ratty old shirts. Exactly. And then, and then, but that was good. But then I think after the honeymoon period, it's caused a bit of friction because you know, one of the main things she brings to the table is that she compliments my sort of haphazard way of living. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah I've already done that. What else can you, what else can she's you like, offer? She's, <laughs> like Mar she's like Marge when they go to that new town because Homer's got the job of the new, and then you plant with Hank yeah. Scorpio and the house does everything automatically. <laughs> yeah, and she, right. she thought she'd be happy, but then she just ends up drinking a glass of wine each day because all of her tasks are taken <laughs> yeah, care of and she's exactly. lost her sense of purpose. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's been quite, it's been quite odd. And it made me think about, there's a Australian philosopher called David Chalmers who came up with this thing, which I've thought about a lot since. And I wrote an article about it a few years ago called the extended mind theory, and this was back before smartphones or anything like that, but he was basically talking about the capacity of technology to essentially become, from a functional perspective, parts of the brain, parts of the mind, because you are offloading cognitive functions onto these devices so that you didn't need to carry them around in your head anymore, and you could basically rely on them to remember things or to you know schedule things or whatever it was, and or to calculate or whatever. And Kanban apps, it's kind of the latest evolution of that because it just frees me up to, you know, have a long bath at gaze at, gaze at my navel because I know that <laughs> when I need to get back on. But it also kind of, I don't know, there's something like dystopian about it too because it sort of allows you to or encourages you to 
think of your life as this like assembly line of shit that you have to kind of get done. <laughs> and I feel like a, like a self-project very, manager. very Japanese. It is. It's very like I'm really crushing productivity in my personal life and I'm not sure if that's the most kind of long-term fulfillment way to be. <laughs> <laughs> also, imagine if, imagine if you just, so also another thing, Another way they're referring to this, John, particularly with Notion, people starting to refer to it as a second brain. You will mm. hear this expression used quite a lot. But I'm thinking that in particular, you might start to really relax into just dumping all of your memories into Notion and thinking, yeah, this is fine, right. I can just take my warm bath because I don't need to remember anything because it's all exactly. in Notion. And then yeah. there's some kind of cyber attack and Notion gets deleted <laughs> and then... You're just, you've just been sort of lobotomized and you're just, you're just drooling That's in true. the bath because you what, have no memories left to what act, little, you can't uh, access your act. What little capacity I had has just been atrophied away <laughs> and I can't, I can't go, oh shit, where are my keys? Yeah. You can't, my, you, where are my just pants? Into, just into puts a bowl of cereal in front of you and you're just <laughs> staring down at it because you don't, you don't know what you're supposed to do with it. A canned band, you know, pick up spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you had, you had in the not, in the not started column, pick up spoon, and then you would move it into, <laughs> use spoon. Move from the not done into pick it up when you move <laughs> into in click, click and drag it into in progress. <laughs> like three hours to eat my breakfast. <laughs> That's the other thing that I think it does actually is because you get this little thrill from finally moving something that you've been putting off into the in progress and even more from putting it into complete. I was noticing that I was putting this stuff in there where I was just like, I can probably just do that. I don't need to can ban it. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like, have a shower. There we go. I've yeah. taken my pants yeah. off. That's in progress. <laughs> go, look, look, Jacinta. I've done the shower one this morning. <laughs> oh, it's all the way on the right hand side in the complete column. Exactly. <laughs> I've been so productive. But you were saying that it sounded like, uh, it sounded also that Jacinta, I must, as soon as you started saying, man, I'm really getting things done with mm. Notion. And I said to you, am I Jacinta's favorite new person? Yeah. She was like, she was like, I must remember to thank Al because you're a new man. And I I'm said, the, I'm the, I, <laughs> and I was just walking around with a feather duster frantically, <laughs> frantically cleaning the house. <laughs> Just with your, just, you've got the little apron on and nothing else with your little bottom poking out, just frantically, <laughs> frantically dusting, Do putting doilies under everything. Everything's got a doily. Oh, 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 oh. Just put a coaster oh, there. Oh, 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 oh. What a coaster there. Yeah. <laughs> John, listeners to Don't Praise the Machine will know that I love a 30-day challenge. Mm. It's a great way to challenge yourself with something and you get to tell yourself, look, I can do this for 30 days. I don't need to commit to doing it forever. Mm. I'll give it a shot for 30 days. And I had 
known for a long time that I was probably consuming too much news. Mm-hmm. I was quite the news addict. I was subscribed to all the news channels on yeah. YouTube. I even uh, was subscribed to news channels on Rumble, which is like the YouTube why what the YouTube Wild West, which I absolutely <laughs> love. Guys, get on Rumble. It is mental over there. It is absolutely <laughs> mental. If everybody's if everybody's wondering where Alex Jones is, he's on Rumble. Get on over there and see what's going on. <laughs> and so I was, I knew that I was consuming way too much news. And then I was listening to one of my favorite productivity men, the author of the very famous book, The Four Hour Work Week, Tim uh-huh. Ferriss. And Tim Ferriss had a guest on whose name escapes me at the moment, but this mm-hmm. particular person had started a fitness tracking, health tracking platform, which uh, I think is going gangbusters. Yeah. And Tim said to him, I heard that you are news sober. And he said, yes, I decided about 10 years ago that I was going to do a 30-day no-news challenge. He said he enjoyed it so much that he's just kept doing it. And he said he hasn't really consumed any news for 10 years. Now, Mm. obviously, you are going to get little bits of news dripping in here and there. It's not like this particular guy just didn't get any news. Because, I mean, you exist in the world. You're going to overhear people saying things. But he essentially meant that he had, much like I did... He had yeah. unsubscribed from all news channels. He didn't watch news on YouTube. He didn't, he, he wasn't on Twitter. He wasn't on social media. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, if, and I guess if the news came on the radio, he would turn it off or whatever. So he'd more yeah, or less, okay. he had more or less defended himself, put a shield up to yep. news. And he was just talking about how it had made him more productive and it had given him more headspace. And so yep. I thought I would give it a bash. And so I unsubscribed from all the news channels that I was subscribed to on, hmm. I mean, on all platforms. So I'm talking YouTube. I stopped going on Rumble. I, I unsubscribed to any, from any podcast that was even a bit like culture war-y. I just yeah. didn't, even, even tech podcasts that I quite like. There's one called All In that I, that I quite like, and that's very political. And so I unsubscribed right. from that for a month. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was, about 30 days ago. And then last right. week I said to you, yeah. I said, just let me check the calendar, John. And I went and checked it and it had been 30 days. And I said, John, I think I'm ready to dip back into news now. Mm. And then what I did was I just said to you, can you just tell me what's happened in the last 30 days? Mm. And then as you're explaining to me, I started thinking, I think this might be the perfect way <laughs> for it. me to take in the required amount of news is yeah. just to ask John once every 30 days yeah. about what's been going on in the world. <laughs> it's such a good, I became your sort of de facto, like a chief of staff for a, for a president or a political advisor, <laughs> just being like, exactly. here's what's going on. Here's what you need to be worried about. This isn't likely to go anywhere. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> This. <laughs> you might need, we, we'll prepare you a statement for this one. Exactly. Uh, and I threw in a few, just to see if they would implant, I threw in a few furfies, a few fibs where I said, you know, they discovered Bigfoot and, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't well, do I was, that. I was very faithful, I was, but I was, I was tempted. The, the, the problem with asking you, I mean, you, it's funny actually, because the things that you did tell me mm. somewhat predictably 
I was, there were the same things that were being said when I stopped watching you yeah, yeah, four yeah. weeks ago. Like yeah. You were saying, oh yeah, this has happened and this has happened and, you mm. know, this is still going on. And I was going, those are exactly the same things. Yeah, totally. That, that were, that were in the headlines when I stopped <laughs> reading news and yeah. I've just saved, I've just saved myself four weeks and hours and hours of attention sap. But what I did like mm. about... What what did make me laugh about asking you is obviously you were giving me what you saw as new. So I loved the idea that I would just <laughs> ask like, you why is this what the cryptids? latest things in. Yeah, yours, yours <laughs> would just, I'd be like, John, oh, it's 30 days is up again since we last spoke about news. Can you just fill me in? And you'd go, yeah, Al, pretty exciting this week. There's been some very important developments in the field of uncontacted tribes. And I'd just be like... <laughs> Just be like, are you sure that's kind of front yeah, page? That, so or? if I go down and buy the paper, is he going to be saying that? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, then, well, it should be. Or then, or then you might just say like, oh yeah, sure. Let me just check. So, yeah, you, you uncontacted tribes. Mm. Uh, last weekend, me and my partner Jacinta went to the countryside. <laughs> I was so wait, wait, what? That's this sounds. This doesn't sound like news. Or I'll be like <laughs> misunderstood. They still, they still don't know who the Zodiac killer is, but the latest theory is it's this guy. You know, like, uh, that, there can't be that many people who care about that. Yeah. So, uh, no, what, what no you... big developments in the Summerton Man case. Uh, <laughs> what do you, like, what do you think of my news diet, John? I've kept this yeah. fairly light. I've kept this fairly light, but I'm going to tell you right now that a couple of people that I told were on, that I was on a news diet got very, very angry and oh, emotional. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, yeah. right? This is the this is the interesting. Uh, this is the it was very triggering. It was very triggering for people. You could see that what was happening. I think was more about them mm. than it was me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I remember listening to an episode of Freakonomics Radio years and years ago, probably ten years ago, and they were talking about the news and and what are the actual benefits of the news for, you know, being a responsible citizen or being a kind of well-rounded human being. Um, because the typical justification you'll get is, you know, well, you need to know what's going on in the in the world so that you can be an informed voter or you can be uh, exactly. a compassionate sort of socially engaged person who, you know, goes to protests or gives you money to some cause and all of that's not going to happen if you don't hear about what's going on. And whilst that is true, they were saying that doesn't really account for a lot of people's fascination with the news. And the reality is that whilst, you know, a kind of basic threshold of information is important for the decisions that people make about, you know, how they spend their money or where they spend their time or where they put their political energy or whatever, that a lot of it is just kind of water cooler, you know, window dressing and or identity formation and kind of, you know, stuff that gives them an opportunity to feel excited and have an opinion and, you know, often kind of feel some vicarious stake in events that they're actually not affecting. And obviously social media has given us ample tools to do that because you don't just have to watch the news and opine about it at work. You can also post about it all day if you want and pretend that you're a kind of influential commentator on world <laughs> events. And then when things 
in the Middle East get a bit better, you can say, maybe that was all that posting I did on Instagram. And maybe it was, you know, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing that I always say to you that I, 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 that, that I, I, I realized one day, which I just thought, this is very odd, was that mm. I suddenly just realized that I, I know like the name of every member of Congress in the United mm. States. Yeah. And if you think about 20 years ago, I knew the president and the vice president and probably whoever was running against them in the upcoming yeah. election. So I'd know like the Republican nominee, I'd know the Democratic yeah. president and potentially the vice president. And that's it. That's all yeah, I knew. That's right. And and now I like I know the Speaker of the House. I exactly. know like I Imagine know the, if I know, I know like we... the writing teams, the speech writers for various yeah. politicians in the United States. I don't Imagine live in the United when States. We were growing up, somebody had had a really strong opinion on Bob Dole. You'd be like, who cares? <laughs> what? Why the fuck do you know Bob Dole? Yeah, well, and at least at least Bob Dole was a was a was a presidential candidate. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking now, you know, everybody knows, knows about people that are never going to be president. Yeah, they just true. like have they a, about have a Chuck and Nancy and all these <laughs> people. I'm forming a first name <laughs> basis with them. <laughs> like I know, I know all about, I know all about Nancy having insider trading knowledge about how, like I know about her husband. Like why do I know yeah, Nancy, yeah. Nancy Pelosi's husband? Imagine yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. years ago. Exactly. That, that was somehow on my radar. And like, how, going, oh, yeah. how does that information help you? It's just, <laughs> it just causes you kind of agitation. And I'm just angry. It just makes me mm. angry because I go, what? I, I, as a, as a man sitting in an apartment, in an apartment in Germany, mm. I'm just fuming because I go, <laughs> why is it that this American Congress woman and her husband are allowed to trade stocks while they're involved <laughs> in politics still yeah, and obviously yeah, yeah. have insider knowledge and affect the outcome of the market. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's just ruined my afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I need to know? Yeah, it's true. And I did, I mean, you did, uh, go into a bit of a, into a bit of a habit at times and I would get like, I mean, you know, they're weirdly timed because I'm in Australia, but I would get like, as I was going to bed, I'd get like a angry screed from you and I'd be like, oh, he's been watching the news again. And then that <laughs> dropped right off. Did you it feel, did. did you feel, um, noticeably different, better? Did you feel a sense of serenity? How did it affect your day to day? Yeah, I think, I, think I, I, I did notice a sense of serenity and I did notice that I was sending you less angry screeds because <laughs> it's, it, it's interesting how powerful at least for me, I feel a real inclination when I, when I read things, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like classic cultural bullshit where you'll read, you'll read something and you'll just go, oh, that's why, are, why is everybody agreeing with this? I'm much smarter than everybody else. Mm. Every, everybody's saying this is wrong. And let me explain, let me spend my entire morning in a WhatsApp message explaining to you <laughs> why it's wrong. Yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you'll notice also, you will have noticed, John, as well, that you'll sometimes wake up to, <laughs> like, to WhatsApp, you have WhatsApp notifications and then you'll check and there'll just be 25 deleted messages because <laughs> what has happened is I have like just gone off on one and then gone 
this is insane. Like what, this is so <laughs> unnecessary and John's just going to wake up to it. And then I just delete them all. And then you say like, what kind of, you always say something like, yeah. why have you written me? To, why have you deleted your 25? Like yeah. racist, violent yeah. thoughts. Yeah, exactly. What kind of, what kind <laughs> of vitriolic bile was this that I've missed out on? <laughs> so there's been, you, yeah, there's definitely been, a lot less of that because it's just not coming into my yeah. brain. And of course, the thing the thing that you have to wrestle with is very much what you said. What at uh, what to what it? What is the expectation of you as a citizen to be informed mm. versus? As I said, I think maybe for me the thing. The other thing I was thinking about was perhaps a healthier news diet would be once a month buying yeah. a a slightly left leaning newspaper and a slightly right leaning newspaper mm. and just spending a weekend reading those two newspapers so it's this classic slow news slow yeah, information yeah 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 that's and then idea. i go okay that's it i've got whatever was important enough will yeah. have made you hope will have made the news because if you did get other people that will say probably quite rightly that um that newspapers will only focus. I mean, that's mainstream media, sure, yeah, as people yeah, yeah. say. So, may, I don't know. Maybe I could print off a whole bunch of Substack, mm. uh, uh, Substack articles from my favorite Just journalists. Do. Print them all off. Yeah, like that diet the- where you know, you you have a diet, then on every second Saturday, just from dawn to dusk, you can just gorge on a bunch of stuff that you love and and make yourself really unwell with news and then go to bed and get up and start afresh. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll do my, I'll do my, I'll do my healthy news. Yeah. And then when I want to treat myself, I'll just, I'll just like find the most inflammatory online people from the, from the left and right end of the spectrum. <laughs> just get, just really start revving up your brain's conflict centers. Yeah, just yeah. jump into the co- just jump into the comments section on Rumble, just frantically <laughs> typing away. Yeah, I think it's good. It gave me an appetite to do it. I might. Uh, I might. It's easier stop. than you would think, John. Or, or yeah, like, okay. if, if it, guys, if you want tips, just if you want tips on how to have a, a thirty days of new sobriety, you don't have to do it forever. Just see how it suits you and your mm. family. Right in. <laughs> Hello at dptm.org. Yeah. And I can give you the hot tips. The first thing you do is you unsubscribe from any service that you're getting. If you're on YouTube or you're a podcast listener, you unsubscribe from anything that talks about current events. Yeah. And then the other thing is pretty much any time you'll notice it for the first few days that you've decided to do it, you'll notice it coming in and then you mm. go, oh, I didn't realize that it came in from there. I'll just make sure I don't allow that channel to open. Yeah. I'll yeah. cut that off. Like, like maybe for me, for for example... One yeah. that I didn't think about is I wake up every morning to an alarm clock radio. And of course, mm. the alarm clock radio c- goes on on the hour. What mm. else goes on the hour? News. Mm. So my alarm goes off. And even though it's in German, my German's good enough that I understand everything that's being said. So I'm just yeah. getting like, ger- like news in German straight away. So now I yeah, have okay. to, I can't have an alarm clock radio because. And then. Depends how militant you want to be. Like I was joking with you about, I would, I would send you a text saying like, are you safe? Are you somewhere safe? Get to a bunker. <laughs> and he'd just be like, fuck off. I'm in a news diet. I don't need this. Or, or you would, <laughs> or yeah, or you'd, or you would just write to me. You would just 
you'd write to me, are you okay? I'm so sorry. <laughs> and you go, yeah, I'm fine. No news, please. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah, apparently it's, apparently it's jumped to humans now, they're saying. And you'd, be, you'd be like... Shut up. <laughs> Just go back to, go back to, I mean, it, it actually, the other thing it reminded me of is during COVID when I was getting like way too much alarming news in the early stages of things going weird, I was subscribed to a couple of random Facebook pages, which were just very nerdy, basically people who were really into like early nineties PC games. Cause I sometimes like to do like a tune into a walkthrough of one of those games because it'll be something yeah. that I played when I was eight and I'll just get this yeah. like, tingle of nostalgia. Sure. And you remember any... the environment and everything, all the music, all the exactly. menus. Yeah, exactly. It's very vivid. And it was, I just got, I, I really came to enjoy those pages because anytime somebody said anything that was vaguely topical, people were like, no, that's not what we're doing. This is about Sierra games only. And they were really, they were really militant. And so it was just That's like great. this kind I like of, that. Yeah, it was good. And it was, it was like they were just stuck this in this particular. This is about Prince of Persia exactly. and nothing else. Yeah. They, and then so you just get someone saying, okay, cool. Well, here's some Prince of Persia fan art. Or here's like, <laughs> I've, I've made it work on an emulator that you guys might like. Here it is. And then someone will be like, this is a welcome relief from COVID. And then somebody else will be like, don't even talk about it. Just go, just talk about Prince of Persia. Just talk about Space Quest. It's fine. Yeah. And that was you could like, sneak, you, you could sneak one in. You could just, you could just be like on the Prince of Persia, he <laughs> sort of collect some potion and you were just right. Oh, I bet that, I bet the, I bet the, the local council's telling everyone that that potion helps with their illness, but actually it's, <laughs> It's just a, it's just a total scam. It's just a to scam. En to enrich, to enrich the local bureaucrats. Exactly. Oh. That potion's probably got microchips in it. <laughs> <laughs> <Scared>. <laughs>